Welcome to Support Up Simplified, where we interview thought leaders in the great field of customer support operations to provide you with actionable insights from the brightest minds in the industry. And now, your host, Sid Bumbani, CEO of Sumati. All right, welcome to another episode of uh, Support Operations Simplified. Uh, we have with us today Stacy Justino. Hi, Stacy. Hi. Um, so Stacy comes um, from a wealth of support uh, experience um, and, and and a background in support for more than ten years now. Um, Stacy, do you just want to give us a quick introduction? Sure. Uh, currently, I am the Director of Customer Happiness at Wistia. I've been here almost two years. Uh, before that, I worked at Big Fish Games, a casual gaming company that mostly did mobile games. Mm-hmm. Uh, started in PC games, so I was at the company through transition across platforms and different kinds of uh, game types. Um, so when I started at Big Fish in 2008, I was a customer support rep, became a team lead, uh, took over uh, emerging businesses, so building out support for our new platforms. So when we first went on uh, iPhones and okay. made casual games for iPhones, I built up that support. When we went into social casino space and eventually ended up taking over quality assurance within customer support and then managing the entire team of 70 people. Wow. Cool. And um, what does Wistia do? Uh, Wistia, that's a great question. So uh, we help marketers uh, use video. Um, so, I mean, if you think about it at the simplest level, some people use us for uh, video hosting and video analytics. So, hey, I'm a business. I want a web- video on my website, mm-hmm. maybe to show people how my product works. Um I could embed a YouTube link, but then you get all the uh, noise, uh, suggested videos, um, and there's not a ton of good analytics. So instead, I upload my video to Wistia. I click a button, get an embed link, which I can easily put on my uh, homepage, and then I can make customizations in Wistia, and those will automatically update in the player as it shows on my website. And then I can go into Wistia, look up some analytics, um, do some cool integrations with marketing application platforms. Um, so yeah, it just makes it more robust and you get more out of your videos you're making than just slapping it on your webpage. And uh, we're moving into more features to help uh, marketers make shows to build brand affinity. Very cool. So this is like YouTube without the shenanigans and on your terms. Yes. <laughs> Fair enough. That's really cool. So your your title at Vistia is uh, is very interesting, and I want to know the thought process behind it. So it's the Director of Customer Happiness. Um, I think this rings true for a lot of support people, but how about you kind of walk us through what led to that title? What's the story behind it? Uh, the team's been called Customer Happiness since sort of the very beginning of Wistia building out a support team. Um, one of Wistia's mottos is make business more human. And one way you make business more human is to be a real person, not a robot. And those things kind of feed into this concept of customer happiness. Um, We're not here just to provide an answer. We want people to connect with us as people, Mm -hmm. with our brand and what we're doing. And I think that phrasing kind of um, exemplifies that. Interesting. So how how do you go about... um measuring customer happiness or, or the customer experience even, um, given your current operations? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, currently, we primarily just look at customer satisfaction mm-hmm. and uh, we also send out NPS surveys. 
but I really would like to in Q1 to implement customer effort score. Uh, but that's like in the future. Currently, CSAT, we did also introduce peer reviews um, this year. So we're kind of looking at some quality benchmarks to make sure that not only if somebody's filling out a customer satisfaction survey, they have a good experience, but we can look at what we're actually saying to customers and how they're actually responding in our um, to our emails. Cool. Well, so one one of the things that, and uh, you know, if you've listened to the podcast before, there are a number of people who come in and talk about CSAT surveys. Um, it's very it's very interesting because that survey can give you a lot of insight into a customer's experience instead of an NPS, which might just tell you, "Hey, it was good or it was bad," but you know, you still don't know why. Um, so, how many? customers or what percentage of your customers are coming back to you with CSAT surveys to give you that insight? Um, I think the last I checked, it's about 15%. Okay. And, and um, are you getting some real good nuggets out of that or like how, how do you kind of work with that um, with the, with the CSAT information? Uh, so we have, we're aiming for like 94% each month as a department. So we look at that on a monthly level you know, at a macro level and at the individual champ level, our customer support manager reads through all the negative survey responses each month and gives feedback to each champ on either things they could have done better in that interaction or acknowledging, Hey, yeah, this is about the product, not you. I think you did everything you could have here. So um, give, using it as a learning opportunity, not just as a strict number for individual champ performance, but using it as sort of a benchmark in terms of department performance. Okay. So it's more of a coaching opportunity um, than, than anything else. And, and just to clarify, when you say champ, you mean a customer support agent um, in industry terms, yeah? Yes. Okay, cool. Um, so on the numbers side, um, what, what are some of the metrics that you're tracking that speak to the customer experience or go hand in hand with the CSATs that you just mentioned? Um, our research team conducts regular benchmarking surveys. So we've recently been um, diving into that at a company level and uh, how that impacts customer service and how we can maybe improve the customer experience based on the, the benchmarking surveys. And we collect product feedback. So that's another touch point we have in addition to CSAT. Okay. And then, like I mentioned, um, part of the benefit of our peer review process helps us have a better read on the customer experience. Okay. And what about some of the more traditional KPIs in terms of response times and, and resolution times? Are you tracking those? Are you seeing any correlation between those and, and the overall experience? Uh, yeah. So we track uh, average first reply time overall and by ticket priority. And we also, one of the key things we usually look at is uh, the SLA met percentage. Um, that's something we track as part of our OKRs. Um, we used to do it on a monthly level, aiming for 70% of tickets, we met the SLA. Um, but we found that in that case, it was a little demotivating because at a certain point, you probably know whether you're going to hit it or not. And if yeah. you don't hit it, then, well, that's kind of a downer and you don't have an opportunity to sort of make that up. If right. you're, you know, if, if you're at 60% and you're three, three weeks out of four weeks into the month, it's going to be really hard to make up 10% in one week. So we changed it to look at it weekly. So each week we're aiming for 70% of tickets from the week prior that we met SLA for. And we review that every week and our team 
meeting and we compare it to the week before and we compare it to incidents created for the week two. So we can look back and be like, oh yeah, that all hands meeting really impacted our ability to meet our SLA goal. How could we do better the next time we have an all hands meeting to prevent that? Interesting. Yeah, I find uh, shorter cycles are better in terms of motivating people when it comes to KPIs because, you know, the counter resets enough that you have a fighting opportunity to kind of work your way back, right? Exactly. And um, how how big is the team right now um, with your operations? Uh, Total size of our customer happiness team is 15 people. We have 11 customer champions or agents, two senior champs. So they take care of escalations, uh, one of those uh, senior champs does the training and onboarding. The other champ focuses on owning our help center. Uh, and then one manager and myself. Okay. So that's that's a decent-sized team. And um, are they all, like, co-located in one place or is it distributed? Uh, co-located, but one senior champ works in Rhode Island. We're in Massachusetts. Okay. Cool. And, and what kind of um, tools and tech stack are you using for your operations? Uh, we use Zendesk for our ticketing platform. Uh, currently, we only do email support. Um, we do make outbound phone calls if customers request it, and it makes sense. Uh, we use Klaus for our conversation reviews for our peer review program. Um, we use a tool called Miros for um, some automation and data insights. Uh, Cloud app for screenshots and short screen recordings. Full story, so we can kind of see what people have been doing in their accounts to get a better sense of what their uh, problem is. Uh, Quip is what we use internally for internal documentation. Of course, Slack. Uh, we use Mode for reporting, uh, GitHub for tracking issues, and Trello. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the whole gamut, right? <laughs> yeah. The, the couple of uh, interesting ones that you mentioned over there were Klaus and the one after that, and I didn't catch that name quite um, right. Um, it was for the peer review and and monitoring the calls. Can you walk us through that? So you mentioned peer review a couple of times over here, but I think you know it means different things to different people. So what exactly are you guys looking when you're doing a peer review? Oh, great question. Uh, so yeah, we use Klaus. It was formerly called Qualitista, but they changed it to Klaus because it's easier to say and remember. <laughs> and um, in August, we rolled out our peer review program. Um, since our team is pretty small and we've not really had a formalized peer review or quality review process, I wanted to do something that wasn't top down, like some of the other metrics we have, like productivity. Um, and I wanted people to really have ownership over this. So I thought that would be more impactful. So I group people each month in groups of three and, um, say champ A reviews champ five tickets from champ B and then champ C sort of acts as a facilitator during that segment. And then you kind of repeat that two more times and we use Klaus to randomly select the tickets. And we put our rating categories in there. We have four rating categories, completeness, correctness, not a robot, and presentation and simplicity. Okay. So not a robot. Um, and that, you know, tell us a little bit more about that. Like, is that more around the kind of answers people are giving or their tone? What, what exactly are you looking for? Sure. Uh, so it kind of goes back to this whole make business more human. So one way to phrase that is, don't be a robot. Uh, so that includes personally greeting the customer and signing off the email, matching the customer's tone, acknowledging the customer's feelings, uh, providing additional information to the customer to address their next question or issue based upon their original reason for writing in, 
and linking to a specific page in the customer's account when relevant. So some of those more personal, specific details that aren't just sending a stock response. Mm-hmm. That is a really cool concept. And how, how does that go over with your customers? Are you getting a lot of feedback from your customers specific to the way you're, you're working with them or around the fact that there is a more human touch to Wistia? Um, that's kind of always been a cornerstone of our support. Uh, one thing we encourage our agents to do is send videos to customers. Okay. It could be for a myriad of reasons. Something Sometimes something technical is much easier to explain and do a screen share than it is to write four paragraphs on with some screenshots. Yeah. Or if maybe the customer is having a hard time, you want to just connect to them like person to person, sending a quick video saying, hey, this is Stacy. I'm really sorry that you hear you're having a hard time with blank and just, just connecting with them. That's really cool. Um, so you you have a lot of interesting um, things in place, uh, the not a robot piece, the peer review piece. Um, and it looks like you guys are moving the needle on customer experience and happiness in the right direction. With all of these things. Can you give me an example of one thing that you did or, or an example of um, a customer interaction that you think was uh, significantly enhanced because of the, the cornerstones you just mentioned? Oh, that's a good question. We'll go back to sort of what that not a robot stuff is and what we've been working on. Yeah, there's a, a, a story or a recent interaction that you guys had um, that kind of encapsulates the whole thing, that would that would be good. Sure. There's a lot. I'm trying to think of something that like <laughs> really stands out. Oh, I think that one thing that might stand out, I'll pause so that you can take a break. One situation that comes up every once in a while that really sticks out to me is we have some pretty cool Wistia t-shirts and um, we sent them out to a customer who was really wanting our t-shirt that looks kind of like the Metallica logo. <laughs> Uh, we refer to it as our Wistalica t-shirt. <laughs> and enough. we sent that along with a video of many of our employees like playing air guitar and um, headbanging with the Wistalica t-shirt on it. And it really, really spoke to the customer. They wrote about it on LinkedIn. Um, and it's things like that that kind of stick with us. And we've heard people say, you know, I kept the shirt for so long. I really don't want it to wear out. Um, and I think it's those sorts of things that really stand out to me. That is really cool. It's funny how um, a simple thing like a T-shirt can sometimes turn things around, right? Um, I remember we had a customer where we sent out a T-shirt once, um, you know, and as a, as a thank you note because they were writing a lot of articles on uh, on our help center. And, you know, cut to six months later, uh, one of our employees was at a conference and lo and behold, this guy was wearing the T-shirt at the conference and talking to people about us. <laughs> so it just goes to show how many times uh, a customer can can kind of take you on in such a way, right? That's awesome. Yeah, that's a perfect example. And I think that's like a, like a good way to use swag, right? I'm not trying to just let you know about my brand. You already have a connection with us. Exactly. This is just strengthening that connection. And it just feels really natural and authentic. 
That's really cool. So what what do you have on the horizon? Uh, what are some of the things that you guys are looking in the mid to long term to improve um, your operations? One of the big areas where we want to focus is improving our self-help experience. Mm-hmm. Um, we have really great articles. We have a lot of good self-help. Um, the majority of our tickets that we get into our inbox are things that customers need our help with, right? So we're mm-hmm. already doing a pretty good job. Um, and we have really great help content, but the search functionality and the information architecture need improvement so users can more easily and effortlessly find the answers that are in our help center. So that's a big focus for us. Okay. And on the opposite end, uh, inter- internal documentation, particularly making it easy to find and use, will be a key initiative for us as well. Right. No, that, that's, uh, that's a really key focus for a number of organizations now as uh, people are looking to share the knowledge both internally and externally in a way that's easily accessible. Um, so, Stacey, one, one thing I wanted to ask you was, you know, you're very involved with the support community in general um, through support-driven and, and other channels. Um, and you, you do a lot of mentoring to help people um, kind of build up their support operations and, and just share knowledge in general. Um, how, who has been the most influential person or, or a group um, who you've learned from in the past? Oh, that is a really good question. Um, I've gotten so much good insight from multiple people in the support-driven Slack community. Uh, Kenji, who heads up support up front, Craig Stoss has always been great. And um, Help Scout in general has a lot of great content. And Matt, who sort of runs the help you side there, is always an incredible resource. Um, so those are the ones that come off the top of my head. Uh, not within support driven community, but some of the most, I think, impactful operations updates or changes that I've ended up making mm-hmm. in organizations I've been a part of are based on suggestions or feedback from agents. Okay. That is really cool. Um, I think that leaves us with a number of uh, groups to to look into um, and uh, connect with other support people who I think uh, would have a lot to share. Um, and on that note, Stacey, I want to thank you for your time and for sharing your knowledge um, and and helping us out. Uh, you know, share that message with the rest of the community. Well, thank you so much for having me, Sid. I really like talking about this kind of stuff and sharing what I've learned with others and learning from others. Perfect. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Support Up Simplify with Sid Bambani of Sumati. Tune in next week for another interview with a customer support operations thought leader.